0: this morning and turn to Ephesians chapter 5. If you're able to stand this morning, let's stand for the reading of God's word, Ephesians chapter number 5. And the message this morning that the Lord led me to out of this passage was, how is your walk? How's your walk? That's a good question this morning. Uh, We talked in our Sunday school hour this morning on what is your life? What is your life? And it spills right over into this, what is your walk? How is your walk? It's very important that we have the right sort of walk. And as I think about our theme this year, our theme is choose. And we've just been kind of taking this journey on choices that we make. And this morning, I want you to think about choosing to have the right kind of walk, to choose to walk with God. It's very important that God's people walk with Him. And as we see this morning in Ephesians chapter 5, beginning in verse number 15, the Bible says, See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with With the Spirit. The last part of verse number eighteen. Let's read that together, but be filled. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this day. Pray that you'd bless your word. Help us as we walk in this life. Help us to walk circumspectly. Lord, help us to not be foolish. Lord, bless the word of God this morning. May it fall on listening ears. And obedient hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. You know, if we empty ourselves of self, then we can be full of God. So many people are full of themselves, but I'd rather be full of God. It's so important that we understand this matter of God and His Holy Spirit. Folks, I'm going to tell you I've had people ask me, but we as Baptists do believe in the Holy Spirit of God. We believe in God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And you and I need to learn to walk in the Spirit. So very important that we see this because our human nature desires to be in control of our lives. Does it not? Uh, you ever met somebody that's a control freak? I mean, sometimes I get around people like this, and there are areas in my life sometimes where I kind of get that way, and I, I think to myself, as my kids will say to me, Dad, you need to just take a chill pill, you know? But we, a lot of times, we want to control everything. We want to micromanage every little bitty thing in our lives and those around us. We want to manage our own in lives. We want to control our own environment, and even sometimes... The environment of others but listen it goes against our nature to have someone else in control over us does it not I mean you think a lot of times I've been in cars my wife has done this to me for probably 38 years she's sitting in the passenger seat and she's working the brake pedal now there's no pedal over there you know And so she's literally not, but every time I'm driving, I can see her over there, you know, like, you know, they put those little things that you're supposed to help you to get in and out of the car. And she holds on to that sometimes while I'm driving the car. But folks, look, we don't like it when someone else has control over us. How about this? You ever gone to the dentist and you open your mouth and give them control over your mouth? It's a scary thing. Especially when you can't see it and you just see this hand coming with this big needle, you know. Or you hear this, you know, and he's just bringing this thing in. Listen, I, nobody likes it. I haven't met a person yet that loves the dentist. If you're in here this morning and you're a dentist, I'm sorry, but you're not a liked person, you know. Now the truth is, I, I, my, from my side of the family, my mom's side of the family, I inherited teeth that are not good teeth, and I haven't really done a good job to take care of them, but I've had so much dental work done over the years that I literally, and you can go with me next time, I fall asleep in the dentist's office. I'm in the chair. They're giving me shots. The, the dentist one time gave me a shot, and supposedly the most, most uh, hardest shot to take is the one right in the roof of your mouth, and, uh, and the dentist said, I've got to give you a shot. I said, go ahead, doc, and he's like, okay. And I, he didn't give me anything, you know, and he brought that needle in and he stuck that in the roof of my mouth and I never moved. And, and finally, after he gave me the shot, he grabbed me by the arm and he goes, are you okay? I said, yeah, I'm fine. Why? And he says, most people will almost jump out of the chair when I give them that shot. I said, I told you, doc, just do whatever you got to do. But we don't like it when people are, have a control over us. But as I think about this passage this morning, listen, you and I need to understand that when, we're, when somebody has control over us, it's very uncomfortable, but there is a person known as the Holy Spirit of God that desires to have control, that desires to have leadership in our lives. And what we need to say to the Holy Spirit is this, Holy Spirit, fill me. Holy Spirit, control me. Holy Spirit, lead me to whatever you would have me to do in my life. Look, a lot of times people talk about being filled with the spirit of God but many times there is no evidence that they are filled with the spirit of God it's kind of like when Charlie Brown was having a conversation with Lucy one day and he was talking to Lucy and they have such a great relationship but Lucy was just standing there and she was mouthing off the way she always does and she said to Charlie she says I hate everything I hate everybody I hate everything in this world and Charlie Brown says wait a minute Lucy I thought that you had inner peace And she said, well, I do have inner peace, but I have outer obnoxiousness is what I have. And that's the way some people are. They don't have the peace that comes from God's Holy Spirit. And look, folks, as we have inner peace that maybe Lucy didn't have, understand that our inner peace will be reflected in our outer relationships with everyone else. I see people that are filled with the Spirit and things happen in their lives and you would think they'd be like a volcano and they would erupt over something and yet I just see them stay as calm and as cool as possible. And I think to myself, that person has inner peace. That person was filled with the Spirit of God, filling of the Holy Spirit. It's something that will help us in our lives, in our walk. And the question this morning is, How is your walk with the Lord this morning? How's your life going so far? And God gives us here in Ephesians chapter 5 three things that will help us to understand the results of being filled with the Spirit of God or being led of the Spirit of God. Notice the first one this morning is that a Spirit-filled life and a Spirit-filled walk is a controlled walk. A controlled walk. In verse number 18, he says, Be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess but be filled with the Spirit of God. What is God giving us here in verse 18? The first thing he gives us is a negative example because he says, be not drunk with wine. He's talking about someone who is intoxicated by a beverage. It has control over them. I read recently that every day in America, 27 people die at the hands of a drunk driver. 27 people a day. Those who lend their body to the use of alcohol, the, the results of that type of life, that type of influence, that type of control, the result is destruction. The result is death. And the Bible says, be not drunk with wine. What is it talking about? It's talking about not being under the control of a foreign substance, allowing something else to come into your life that should not be there. Uh, the Bible says in 2 Timothy 1, 7, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power. Look at this. God gave us power and love and a sound mind. You can't have a sound mind when you are drunk with wine. Uh, we, we Years ago, my wife and I in our younger days, we used to go bowling. We enjoyed it. Neither one of us were very good, but we always had a great time and we would go out there. Now, naturally, it was a public bowling venue, and people would come, and a lot of unsaved people would be there. And I'd see these people that the, the longer I bowled, the worse I got. But some of these people around me, the more they bowled, the better they got. And I, I was looking at them like, how is that possible? And I kept watching them going up to the bar and coming back and bowling and going up to the bar and coming back and bowling. And the problem was is they, they didn't realize they didn't have control over that ball and they were actually maybe nervous about it and it, the influence, the, they were under that control of it and they were, they were doing things that they would not do if they were not under control of that And this morning, he gives this negative example. Look, just like alcohol will have a control over us in a negative way, God wants to have control in your life, leadership in your life, in a positive way. So notice that as he tells us of a negative example, in that same verse, he gives us a needed encourager because he says, Be not drunk with wine, that's the negative, but be ye filled with what? Come on, be filled with what? The Holy Spirit, right? The Spirit of God. Folks, look, there's a lot of things in our lives that we can take in, that we can watch, that we can read, that we can allow into our lives. He says, Be not drunk with wine. Don't be under the wrong kind of influences in your life, but be filled with the Spirit of God. Well, how do we receive the Holy Spirit of God? How do we have the Holy Spirit of God in our lives? When you study the Bible, we understand this that you and I, as Christians, We receive the Holy Spirit at the moment of salvation. The Holy Spirit of God takes up residence in our lives. We are filled with the Holy Spirit of God. Romans 8, 9. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. He's writing to Christians. If so, be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. In other words, if there's no evidence there, if the Spirit is not a part of that person's life, then there's a good chance that person may not be a born-again Christian. But when a person is saved, the Bible says the Holy Spirit dwells in them. Jesus himself introduced this concept of the spiritual birth in John chapter 3. Remember the conversation that he was having with a man by the name of Nicodemus. He was a ruler of those among the Pharisees, and he was a religious man. He was very knowledgeable of the Word of God. And he came to Jesus, the Bible says, by night. Uh, it wasn't a, a fashionable thing, and really it was a thing that no one wanted to do, Was if they were a part of the Pharisees, was to be a known associate with this man named Jesus. But Nicodemus went there under the blanket of darkness, and he began to have this conversation with Jesus. And as they were talking about it, and Jesus was introducing the concept of the spiritual birth, Here's what the Bible says, Jesus answers to him, because he says, can a man be born again, is what Nicodemus asked, and Jesus said, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man, in other words, if you're not born again, he says, except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God, that which is born of the what? Flesh is flesh, but that which is born of the what? Spirit is spirit. Now again Jesus he marvelled that he said these things unto them because when you look at this what Jesus is dealing with here he's talking about just like the example of when a woman is going to have a baby she that baby is inside of her it is in a it's in some amniotic fluid it's in other words it's in water it's in a liquid and that baby physically is born out of that water. And he says, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That's what he's talking about there. The physical birth, the water breaks on a mother when she's about to give birth. And the same thing he says, but that which is born of the spirit. There he's talking not about physical birth. He's talking about spiritual birth. He says, that which is born of the spirit is spirit. In other words, that we receive the Holy Spirit of God. The Bible talks about this matter of Regeneration, to be born again. Jesus said to Nicodemus, Ye must be born again. See, folks, we need to experience two births in this life one physically and one spiritually. Because if you have not been born again, born from above, saved by the grace of God, then according to the scriptures, you will not spend eternity with the Lord. And Jesus introduces this concept of the spiritual birth being regenerated and the holy spirit of god is the one who actually draws us to jesus the holy spirit when jesus left he said i'm going to send a comforter and he will not speak of himself but everything he's going to speak about is about me he's going to convince people about who jesus is and why jesus came and what jesus can do for them and understand this morning that there is a negative example about this controlled walk but there's a needed encourager aren't you glad for things that encourage you in life we get beat down enough don't we i'm glad look i don't know why they call it the news they should call it the bad news because that's all it is when you turn it on this person got shot this person got stabbed this grandma killer just got caught i mean there's just one bad thing after another after another i'm thinking well you know from time to time can't they put something good on the news can't they give us some, something good, something to encourage us? You know, a lot of times if I, want, if I want the news, I have to be very careful because you walk away from watching 60 minutes of the news and you're depressed. But I need someone or something to encourage me. And by the way, you do too. And that's why God gave us his Holy Spirit. He says, "Don't look, don't be drunk with wine. Don't allow something else to control you that you have no control over in your life because that's uncomfortable, it's unnatural, I know, to let somebody else. But look, we let the things of this world into our lives to take control of us. But he says, look, those are are negative things. Can I give you something that would encourage you in your Christian life? And that is that we have a needed encourager. The Bible says be filled with the Spirit of God. And the question this morning is this, are you... And your life being controlled by the Holy Spirit of God I hope you can answer yes to that being filled with the Spirit of God is not getting more of the Holy Spirit folks you got all the Holy Spirit when you got saved but what it is is it's the Holy Spirit getting more of you see when we get saved we talk the Bible says there the Holy Spirit of God dwells in you that's called the indwelling of the Holy Spirit of God That is different than the filling of the Holy Spirit of God. To be filled with the Holy Spirit of God, we have to be a clean vessel and we have to ask. Say, how often do we ask? Every day. Every day of my life, I get up and I have to ask the Lord to fill me with his Holy Spirit. You know why? Because the flesh is weak. Because every day of our lives, we give in. And you know, watch this. When we give in to the flesh, you know what it does? It controls our walk. How's your walk this morning? Are you walking with the Lord? Are you filled with the Holy Spirit of God? Because what he says here in verse number 18 is this. He says, be filled with the Spirit. Now, just in case you miss this, that's a command from God. He's not asking you. He's not saying, if you'd like to, or if you'd think about it, he says, no, 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 I'm commanding you. Now, again, some people don't like that. They don't like it when somebody tells them they have to do something. But again, if we want a life that is blessed by God, then we need to live our lives walking in the Spirit. And he commands us to be filled with the Spirit of God. Well, how can we be filled? By yielding to the Holy Spirit of God. That's how you can be filled. Look what the Bible says in Romans 6.13. Neither yield you your members as instruments as of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God... Uh, Notice here, as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Folks, we have a choice every day. And here's your choice. You can either choose to live for God or you can choose to live for self. That's the choice. Every day of your lives, choose to live for the Lord. You know what man's way is, according to Romans 6.13. Man's way is to be an instrument unto sin, but you know what God's way is? To be an instrument unto righteousness, and that's the way we need to live our lives. We need to be dead to self, but we need to be alive unto Jesus Christ. Yield your life every day. It's like a little boy, and he was with his mom one day, and he had just got back from being out with his dad. They ran on a couple errands, and he said to his mom, he says, Mom, he says, I I don't really understand He says, why do all the idiots come out when daddy's driving the car? (laughs) You know, that dad is like many of us. When he drives that automobile, he gets in the flesh. Sometimes it's easy to get that way, to just go back to that default mode. But look what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 3. Now the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Liberty. Liberty. Where the spirit of the lord is see the world wants to convince us that we can live any way we want you know burger king have it your way but god is very specific i mean a great example when i thought about this was in luke chapter number eight there's a story about a man who was demon possessed no one could control him he was living in the in the in the cemetery he was cutting himself I mean, he was, he was a, just a violent man. They call him the maniac of Gadera. And here's this man that, if you look at it, according to what this world says, you can live how you want, this man was free, right? I mean, that's the way I see it. He was doing what he wanted. He was living the way he wanted. He was free, but he was under bondage. He was free, but he was under bondage. But then something happened in this man's life he met Jesus. This man encountered the Savior. When he met the Lord, he gloriously was saved, and here's the best part. Those demons that lived in him, they had to go find another temple. You know why? Because Jesus had entered in, and there's no way that Jesus and those demons would both coexist inside of that man. You know, It's a a wonderful story there, and look at what it says here in Luke 8, 35, when they went out to see what was done. And by the way, it's always a wonderful thing when God changes a life. I've seen some people, and, and I, look, I don't ele- ever elevate the sin, but sometimes people say, oh, he's a big sinner. You know, look, we're all big sinners in the eyes of God. But this man was, he was notorious. Everybody knew about it. And the Bible says they went out to see what was done and they came to Jesus and they found the man, this maniac. And the Bible says, Out of whom the devils were departed, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Wow. Wow. What happened to this man? I mean, uh, we all knew what this guy was like, and what a difference, what a change in this man's life. And the negative is, look, be not controlled, be not drunk with wine, listen, don't... Don't miss verse 18. It's not a verse about wine. A lot of times people think, oh, that, that's what that verse is all about. That's, look, it's an example that he says. Don't allow things, it could be drugs, it could be alcohol, it could be pornography, whatever it is. He says, don't be drunk with those things of this world. He says, but be filled with the Spirit of God. There is a needed encourager because of the negative example that is given there in verse number 18. See, the Holy Spirit, listen, honestly wants to go to work with you tomorrow. The Holy Spirit wants to get in that automobile with you tomorrow. And he wants to encourage you. See, folks, we need to understand this morning that we need to have a controlled walk. But look at number two. We also need to have a spirit-filled walk that is a consistent walk. A consistent walk. Now, the Bible says in verse 15 of our passage, See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Now, the word circumspectly helps us understand one thing. That our walk needs to be a productive walk because the word circumspectly means carefully. Very carefully. The other night we, some of us men, we went on a fishing expedition. I felt like Skipper and Gilligan and all them going out on that boat. And we got on that boat, and I'm gonna tell you something. That boat just kept going like this. I mean, I am not kidding you, you can ask the guys. I was I wasn't hypnotized. I was just the opposite. I just got, kept getting sicker and sicker. This thing just kept doing this. And, and I, it was so funny because guys, were try, we were trying to fish. And I'm telling you, if you took one step, you look like you were under the control of something because you're like a couple of guys, I thought they were going to fall off the side of the boat. I'm like leaning up against the side of the boat like this, holding my pole for dear life going, okay, I hope if I catch something big, I don't know what's going to happen because I don't know if I'm going to fall off the boat. And Chris and Zach are over there just like you know i'm like I, I must be missing something you know but but here's the thing is our lives need to be careful our walk whenever we were on that boat. I mean, there were a lot of hooks on that boat. There were a lot of things on that boat. You had to be careful about where you were at because there were a couple guys working on that boat as we were, not as we, I never caught a fish, but but there were guys catching fish and they had knives and they were marking them and all this type of stuff. There were things of danger. Look, in this world that we live in, there are things that God says you need to be careful as you're walking around. You need to be circumspectly thinking about what's going on around you because the Spirit filled person he lives and she lives her life carefully the Bible says in Galatians 5 this I say then walk in the Spirit and if you're walking in the Spirit ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh it's just that simple folks God can't make it any simpler it's in the Word of God if you're walking in the Spirit you're not going to give into the things of the flesh but if you're in the flesh then certainly you're going to give in to those things that start to tempt you and come along. But the spirit-filled life, it watches the places that it goes. It's careful about the things that it listens to. It's careful about what it might say. Look, God doesn't want us maybe to go to this place or to say that or be around these certain type of people. A spirit-filled life is one that's lived carefully, but it's also one that's lived purposefully. Look at verse 16. The Bible says, redeeming the time. Because the days are what? Yeah, redeeming the time. I mean, this word redeeming means to be productive with your time. So many times what we do is we waste time. We just sit around idly. We don't do something for the Lord. We're not walking with the Lord. And a spirit-filled person lives purposefully. A spirit-filled person is intentional about their life. They live intentional about their family. A spirit-filled person doesn't waste One day. He's not upset with others around him. James says, You know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It's even a vapor that appeareth for a little while and then it vanisheth away. Look, your life is here and it's gone. You're going to wake up tomorrow and you're going to go, Where is my life gone? And a spirit filled person doesn't miss one opportunity. They live carefully, they live purposefully because it is a productive walk. But notice it's also a perceptive walk. In verse number 17, wherefore be ye not unwise. Now look at the last part of the verse, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. I hear this probably more among younger people than older folks, but I know all the people think this many times. I wonder what God's will for my life is. And the Bible says we need to redeem the time because the days are evil and we need to be understanding what the will of the Lord is well I can tell you part of the will of God is this that you need to be filled with his spirit that you need to be walking in the spirit and not fulfilling the lust of the flesh look when we are filled with the spirit you know what God gives us God gives us discernment God gives us wisdom and folks we need that when I was raising my children and I'm still raising my children when you raise children you need discernment. You need wisdom. When I live in this world, when it comes to finances, whatever it is, pastoring a church, being a Christian, being a husband, whatever it is, we need spiritual discernment and spiritual wisdom. And the Bible says, be not unwise. Now, the word here means this senseless, foolish. So many times we don't understand, we don't comprehend. God, what do you want me to do in this situation? God, how do you want me to do with my family? How would you lead me when it comes to our finances? And we need to understand what the will of God is. In 1 Thessalonians 4, 3, this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that you should abstain from fornication. Look, that's just one of many examples in the Bible that we need to pray that God would help us when it comes to this matter of making good decisions, choices. Because the choices that we make will determine where we will be someday. We need God's help in this area. We need to have a perceptive walk. A good decision in our life is this, to exalt Jesus in everything. The Holy Spirit will help us to do that. The Holy Spirit can help you this morning to have a controlled walk. The Holy Spirit can help you to have a consistent walk. But look, one thing I love about the Holy Spirit is, thirdly, is... That when we have God's Holy Spirit as our needed encourager, it can be a communicating walk. I mean, you ever walk with someone and they, they're not saying anything to you? They're not helping you? They're not instructing you? They're not communicating with you? From time to time, you have to almost turn and say, is everything okay? Well, sure it is. Why would you ask? Because you're not saying anything. And I love it when God, listen now, don't miss it, God, by His Holy Spirit, communicates with me. When God helps me. Jesus said He called the Holy Spirit of God the Comforter. The songwriter wrote, the Comforter has come. What a blessing to have God's Holy Spirit. He says, don't be drunk with wine where it is excess. Be filled with the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit is there to communicate you. Look, I'm not telling you this morning that when you walk with the Holy Spirit of God that you're going to hear some kind of audible voice. I'm not saying that this morning. But I will tell you that there are many times in a day where God, by His Holy Spirit, might put someone on my heart. A lot of times I might be sitting at my desk or maybe at home or somewhere, And God will put someone on my heart and there are times where I do appreciate some of the modern technology and it's always nice that as God puts someone on my heart, maybe some of you have received one of these, I might take my phone out and just text a little message to you, just say something like this, God put you on my heart this morning, just want you to know I just prayed for you. Sometimes I'll do that. I'm glad that God, by His Holy Spirit, will do that. My pastor used to always say, Obey every impulse of the Holy Spirit of God. When God, by His Holy Spirit, prompts you to do something, look, maybe God's going to give you a burden for someone. And I love what John wrote in 1 John 2. Look at the the verse here. But the anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you. And ye ye need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teacheth you of all things and is truth and is no lie, and even as it hath taught you, ye shall abide in him. Now just, just stop for a second, because sometimes you look at verses in the Bible, and you really just don't drink it all in. And I want you to look at that verse again, because we're talking about being filled with the Spirit of God. We're allowing the Holy Spirit of God to have control, leadership in our lives. And I want you to see this again, because as you see this verse here, in the verse it says, but the anointing. That's talking about this, this matter of the Holy Spirit of God. You remember when Samuel anointed David with oil? It was symbolic of the Holy Spirit of God. And we see here that the Bible uses the anointing which you have received of him. In other words, if you're saved this morning, guess what you have? God's Holy Spirit. You have the anointing of God. Now watch, look at the, the next thing in the verse. He says, those of us that have received of him notice abideth in you that anointing the Holy Spirit he abideth in you and he says ye have not need of any man teach you but as the same anointing the Holy Spirit he's the one that teach you all things and is truth and is no lie and even as it had taught you ye shall abide in him in other words we've been anointed by the Holy Spirit of God The Holy Spirit dwells in us at the moment of salvation, and I love the thought that the Holy Spirit is there to communicate with us. Now, what are two things that I see this morning that the Holy Spirit's ministry of communication means to us? Notice, first of all, that he is a permanent indweller. Remember, Jesus says, and lo, I am with you, how long? Always. How is that possible? Where is Jesus today? Well, he's in our hearts, but he's in heaven, right? He's interceding at the right hand of the Father for us. But understand that Jesus said, I am with you always. How is that possible? Because the Holy Spirit of God that dwells in us goes everywhere we go. The Bible says, What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. In other words, the Lord is with us. Remember when Jesus and the Old Testament prophet did the same thing when he said that that there was going to be one that would come and they called him Emmanuel, which means what? God God with us. God is with us. and Can I say this morning, God is with us and God is for us. You know why? Because God's given us a needed encourager in the Holy Spirit of God and our, our body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Look at John 14, 16. Jesus said, I will pray the Father, and he will give you another comforter that he, that comforter, may abide with you for how long? Forever. Forever. See, he's a permanent indweller. Just like, look here, can you lose your salvation? No. And guess what? The Holy Spirit will never leave you. He's a permanent indweller. But notice the other thing about his ministry of communication is he's a permanent instructor. He's a permanent instructor. See, a lot of times students are like, boy, I can't wait to graduate, you know? The Christian never graduates. We are taught until the day we go home to be with Jesus. And guess what? We all need it. Remember what Paul said? I've not yet apprehended. I'm not there yet. I'm thinking, if Paul said that, if, if all that he'd been through, all the souls that he led to Christ, all the letters that he wrote, which we now call books in our Bible, All the things that Paul did after he got saved, if he he made that statement, hey, listen, there's still a lot in my Christian life and my walk with the Lord, then I dare to say all of us, all of us have a long way to go, right? You know what we are? We're a work under construction. Every last one of us. But I'm glad we have a permanent instructor. Look what John 16, 13 says. Howbeit when he, the spirit of what? Truth. When he comes, he will guide you into all truth. Boy, there's something you can rest on, because a lot of times this world will try to deceive you, the devil will try to deceive you, but the Holy Spirit's going to guide you in all truth, and it says, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. Now, don't get me wrong, I can take you to my office this morning after the service, and I can show you my, my, my bookcases in there, and I've got books, I've got commentaries, and all those things are fine, and I use some of those from time to time when I study But Can I tell you, you know where we need to go first? The Holy Spirit. You know why? Because He is God, because He will instruct us in all truth. See, if I pick up a commentary, guess what? I'm studying what some man wrote, but if I pick up the Bible and I allow God's Holy Spirit to speak to me, then God is leading me, not some man. Now again, I, I, I only trust certain sources and sources that I know are, are, are true, but I'm gonna tell you this morning, we need to ask God's Holy Spirit to lead us in truth. You know what you need to ask God's Holy Spirit this morning? God, help me to apply this message to my life. You know what you're asking him? Help me to understand it. We use this term that we find from the word of God, illumination. Now that the world has taken that word and just gone totally different. I saw this lady the other day. She had a tattoo with, with the seeing eye on her hand. I don't, need, I don't need the seeing eye. I need the seeing one. I need the Holy Spirit of God to lead me. Because he's going to lead me in all truth. And many times we go to the wrong sources. But the Holy Spirit will bring things to our minds. You know why? Because he's our teacher. Because he's God. There was a father. He asked his second grade son. He said, son. He says, how do you like being in the second grade? And the little boy says, well, I don't like it very much at all, Dad. And his dad said to him, really? He says, well, that's too bad. That was the best three years of my life. (laughs) Now, for some people, you know, the, the going is tough. But I'll tell you this, that when God's Holy Spirit is permanently with us, you know what he's doing? He's teaching us always. He's tutoring us always. He's reminding us always. Jesus said, the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. We recently took a trip, and like I said, come tonight, and I, I, I'm with, with the Lord's help, I hope that I can do some justice to sharing some of the things that God showed us while we were in the Holy Land. But I remember when we got ready to go, and uh, we had set up the trip, and then we went over there, and we experienced what we did. And as we were over there, going on from one place to the next and hearing some of the things that we heard, I thought to myself this thought one day. I thought, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have a clue where to go if I came over here. And I wouldn't know what to do had it not been for our tour guide. I thought to myself, you know, without a guide, it would have just it would have been a mess. I probably wouldn't have got to hardly see anything. And I thought about this passage this morning how that there is someone that wants to meet with us. And you know what he wants to be for you in your life that's a vapor? He wants to be your tour guide. He wants to show you what God's will is for you. He wants to teach you things. He wants to instruct you and remind you of things that Jesus said. He wants to lead you, but listen, you have to be yielded to him in order for him to lead you. We were out in the Holy Land, and we had a group of 16 from our church, and then there were other people that had gone. There was about 80 folks total that were in our group, two bus bowls. And it's pretty rough when you're in a place where there's all those people. I, I honestly think that Israel's number one industry is tourism. I mean, if it's not, it's got to be a close second. Just so many people over there. And we were, we were there just a couple weeks before Easter, before the, the Passover and all the festivities of, of Easter. And, and uh, we, we would get out of the bus. And, uh, you know, these weren't little kids. These were adults. And I remember our tour guide, he, his, you'll see a picture of him tonight. His name was Menachem. And uh, he, he would wear this thing, and we all had these earpieces. We looked like uh, the FBI walking around. We had earpieces in. And, and he would talk as he was walking, and then we'd stop at certain things, and he would tell. And a lot of times, because there were so many of us, that little gadget made it nice because he could tell us stuff, and we could hear it. And and from time to time, the battery would go dead on his little device, and we wouldn't be able to hear, and you'd have to get close. And he'd get to a spot, and he'd look around, and he'd say, now, is everybody here? And somebody would say, uh, where's so-and-so? And there was people gone. People hadn't made their way there. And, and you're thinking, we're, we're in Israel. I mean, we, we told some of our group, hey, look, if you get lost, your hotel key has the name of your hotel on it, just show that to someone and they could point you to the hotel, at least you can get back and meet up with us again sometime. But it's a scary thing when when you're out and you're, you're in this life and, and you're not yielded. And that's what happened was sometimes we would walk through marketplaces and and your eye would, your flesh would catch something. And I'd walk past people in our group and I'd say, keep walking, keep walking. And there's, there's like Robert, he's like staring like, oh, I need one of those. Oh, I could buy one of those for Linda oh, I like that right there, and I'm like, keep going, keep going, because if he doesn't come with us, if he's not yielded to the guide, he's not going to find his way. And folks, the Holy Spirit wants to lead in your life, but are you willing to yield to him? How's your walk? Let's pray this morning. Lord, thank you for this opportunity to think about one of the greatest blessings that you've given to us as Christians, and that is the gift of the Holy Spirit. The Bible identifies the Holy Spirit as the promise of the Father. And Lord, I'm thankful that you gave your life, that you went to Calvary, that you suffered, bled, and died for my sins, for the sins of the whole world. But I'm also grateful that you sent your Holy Spirit. Lord, there's a lot of negative things in life, but one positive that we have is the encouragement we receive from the Holy Spirit. I pray this morning, if there's someone here today that has seen from the word of God, the Holy Spirit has shown them that they're not saved. They don't know for sure that heaven would be their home. That as we give the invitation in just a minute, that they would bow their heart, They would invite Jesus in Lord. they would receive Christ. The Bible says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And if we're here this morning and we are saved, Lord, I pray that there would be a yielding to the Holy Spirit to do whatever He would have us to do. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, let's stand this morning. As the piano plays, God spoke into your heart this morning. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, I want to invite you this morning. Do you know Christ? It's nothing to be embarrassed about. But the Bible says today is the day of salvation. Why don't you come today, right now, come to an old-fashioned altar. We've got a couple staff men. They'll meet you down front. If it's a lady, we'll have a lady take you. If it's a man, a man. But if you don't know the Savior, the one who loved you so much that he gave his life for you, why don't you come this morning and put your faith in him?